November 27, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 21. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to all of you who share the same precious faith we have, faith given to us by Jesus Christ, our God and Savior, who makes us right with God. May God bless you with His special favor and wonderful peace as you come to know Jesus, our God and Lord, better and better. As we know Jesus better, His divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. He has called us to receive His own glory and goodness, and by that same mighty power, He has given us all of His rich and wonderful promises. He has promised that you will escape the decadence all around you, caused by evil desires, and that you will share in His divine nature. So make every effort to apply the benefits of these promises to your life. Then your faith will produce a life of moral excellence. A life of moral excellence leads to knowing God better. Knowing God leads to self-control. Self-control leads to patient endurance. And patient endurance leads to godliness. Godliness leads to love for other Christians. And finally, you will grow to have genuine love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more you will become productive and useful in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop these virtues are blind, or at least very short-sighted. They have already forgotten that God has cleansed them from their old life of sin. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Doing this, you will never stumble or fall away. And God will open wide the gates of heaven for you to enter into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I plan to keep on reminding you of these things even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth. Yes, I believe I should keep on reminding you of these things as long as I live. But the Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that my days here on earth are numbered, and I am soon to die. So I will work hard to make these things clear to you. I want you to remember them long after I am gone. For we are not making up clever stories when we told you about the power of our Lord Jesus Christ and His coming again. We have seen His majestic splendor with our own eyes. And He received honor and glory from God the Father when God's glorious majestic voice called down from heaven, This is my beloved Son. I am fully pleased with Him. We ourselves heard the voice when we were there with Him on the holy mountain. Because of that, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. Pay close attention, for their words are like a light shining in a dark place, until the day Christ appears and His brilliant light shines in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophets themselves or because they wanted to prophesy. It was the Holy Spirit who moved the prophets to speak from God.
this week's Bible meditation, Ephesians 3, 20-21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is in work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Deuteronomy 10, 14, Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heaven of heavens and the earth and all that is in it. I, I love this verse because what Moses is writing there is not just heaven, but the heaven of heavens belongs to God. So when we look up at the stars, we're seeing this kind of tiny little piece of the universe. We're like, wow, that's vast. In fact, it blew David's mind, right? And God's like, hey, 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 hey. Like, I, I, I love that you're digging the Milky Way here, but listen. The heavens of the heavens of the heavens, those are mine too. In fact, as far as there is, is mine. Abraham Kuyper said it like this. There is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. So everything is his, that God owns everything, and he owns it differently than you and I own it. See, you and I are stymied in our creativity. We are blocked. There's a ceiling we hit because we need resources enabled to create. So if you're a writer, your ability to write hinges upon the language you know, the dictation you know, your, your ability to get ways to write. You need, you can't create them out of nothing. You must have things in order to create. If you are a painter, you are hemmed in. Your ceiling is the colors that exist. You will not, no matter how gifted of an artist you are, create a new color. It's not coming for you. I'm not saying you're not lights out, artsy, and tight jeans right now. I'm saying that you're not creating a new color. That you will be hemmed in by your canvas. You're not creating a new color. God's wealth doesn't work like that. God creates out of nothing anything he wants and as much of it as he wants at any time that he wants to do it. He is wholly other than us when it comes to wealth. So Bill Gates, Rockefeller, Jay-Z, everybody, they, they've got bills. I mean, they've got money. I'm not trying to take away from their wealth, but their wealth is dependent upon creation, yet our God's wealth goes well beyond creation because he is the creator. If he wanted to make a new color, he would. And if he wanted to create a new animal, he would. And if he wanted to build a, a billion, trillion dollar mansion somewhere in the world, he'd just tell it to do it. God is never in a panic. He's never wondering how to get you through college. He's not worried about what kind of job you're going to get. He's not, he's not built like that. How deep is the wisdom and knowledge of God? God knows every word in every language, in every sentence, in every paragraph, in every chapter of every book ever written. He knows every fact of history, past and future, every bit of truth discovered and undiscovered. He knows it all. There is nothing that he does not know. Truths known and truths unknown to be discovered later, God knows. It's why, as the people of God, we never need to be afraid of what is true ever if you see this if you meditate on this if you get this in your gut that he is sovereign in all of his knowing and we begin to trust his provision anxiety begins to give way we can rest 
It means we have to see him for who he is, the depths of his riches and his wisdom and his knowledge, and that he's inscrutable in his sovereign reign because he knows more than we could ever know and that it could be trusted that he is good. Psalm 119, verses 97 through 112. Oh, how I love your, the Lord's law. I think about it all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for your commands are my constant guide. Yes, I have more insight than my teachers, for I am always thinking of your decrees. I am even wiser than my elders. For I have kept your commandments. I have refused to walk on any path of evil, that I may remain obedient to your word. I haven't turned away from your laws, for you have taught me well. How sweet are your words to my taste! They are sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. I've promised it once, and I'll promise again. I will obey your wonderful laws. I have suffered much, O Lord. Restore my life again, just as you promised. Lord, accept my grateful thanks and teach me your laws. My life constantly hangs in the balance but I will not stop obeying your law. The wicked have set their traps for me along your path, but I will not turn from your commandments. Your decrees are my treasure. They are truly my heart's delight. I am determined to keep your principles even forever to the very end. Proverbs chapter 28, verses 17 and 18. A murderer's tormented conscience will drive him into the grave. Don't protect him. The honest will be rescued from harm, but those who are crooked will be destroyed. <laughs>